Scientology, your body, you're made up of these tiny spirits called Thetans that are like from a destroyed world that like Zorg or something destroyed that by throwing them into a volcano and that that's what makes up our body. So that you have to accurate. clear, you're clearing your body of uh, the memories of the trauma of these tiny Thetans. That's what you're doing. Wow. I Here's what I'm saying. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Elizabeth Woodson, and I'm here with my friends Adam, Tamarcus, and Chelsea. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Tired, all things considered. Yeah. Quite well. (laughs) (laughs) That really is the best. Thank you, Tamarcus. (laughs) We today are going to talk about a cultural roundup, so some uh, movies and music things that have happened in our country that you probably have noticed and we just want to share our thoughts on it and as always bring it back to the gospel and a biblical worldview. All right y'all. I think the last time we did a cultural roundup, we talked about the slap that was heard around the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and since then, Will Smith has spent a couple of months, it seems like healing and going to counseling and figuring out himself. And he released an apology video. Mm. Did y'all see that? I did. I yeah. did. What were your thoughts? Um, My initial thought, because I know I heard some people kind of like, well, it's about time. Like, you know, or how come he didn't apologize when it happened? And, you know, all the, which he kind of addressed in the video. I don't know, there was something about like the fact that he took time to process what he had actually done which was also made evident in the video and how mm-hmm. he like specifically apologized um, about certain people. And um, yeah, just there was a, there was an intentionality in the apology that to me showed that he under, he, he took the time to understand the gravity of the situation, which I appreciate it. Yeah. I like, I think y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I think he took time actually to try and do it privately first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there were people he addressed in there, oh, like yeah. uh, Tony Rock was his friend and Chris and others, obviously, who were hurt by it. And he took time to go to them and um, try to apologize. And, and while it seemed like many of them weren't ready for that, uh, I liked that, he, you know, I think that there's he is a public figure. I don't think it was wrong for him to release something publicly because what he did was public. But yeah. I think so often um, what's ignored is sort of the the what's more important is the mm-hmm. life on life apology, yes. not the like mm-hmm. PR version or whatever. Which I'm not I'm not trying to argue that this was. I actually experienced that apology as a little more authentic, knowing in the background that he had taken yeah. time to try to reach mm-hmm. out to them and apologize. Because if that comes too soon, mm-hmm. it is just kind of like yeah. a safe face. How PR. do I yeah. exactly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked when he said the part about him trying to balance remorse and not being ashamed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting uh difference to make between like being apologetic but also not carrying that as like I'm a terrible person. Mm. It's just I've I've done something I regret, which is very actually Christian. Yeah. Mm. I think it's actually impossible without Christianity if I'm honest with you. I think um the battle to rid ourselves of shame 
uh, can only truly be dealt with by an intervention mm-hmm. on the outside that says you're not defined by your worst moments. How is that humanly, logically possible? Like, how is that possible? Mm. Um, and I, I can't come up with it outside of uh, Christ declaring us clean and taking on our shame and our punishment on the cross and then actually giving us a new identity. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know another way that it's possible. So anyways. Yeah. I, Where it can also be justified. Right. Because I think that's the key of what you're hitting on is um, you can like you can you can say that, but it's one thing to um, there still has to be accountability. Like somebody has yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. has to account for it, right. That's the whole point of the Old Testament. You know, sacrifice like that. Like their sin isn't something that you just go like, oops. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> yeah. like there has something has to atone. Yeah. Um, and if not if not us, then there has to be some other entity, and Christianity offers that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we know we can't, not to, uh, we're jumping quickly to the to the gospel, but I just feel like we know we can't actually do that. How do you quantify, how do you account for, um, let's just take this example, how do you account for harming another human being, publicly humiliating an, another human being, the damage you do to your wife in that moment, your kids in that moment, people in that moment. Like, is there, is there an accounting that is possible there? We don't live, there is no, um, you know, there is no like, uh, calculation that can solve it, which is why so often we see, um, people struggle so much with worldly justice and feeling like it's never enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little abstract, but what I'm trying to say is like, even if he's like, I apologize and here's money and I'll never go to the Academy again and all these kind of things. It's like, I wonder if Chris Rock really in his deepest spirit is like, yeah, that makes up for it. I'm, we're good now. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think in some ways it's like, how can you ever take back like what you did, you know? And there's more serious examples of that, obviously. And this was a serious example. I'm not trying to make light of physical violence, but there's more, there's even more serious examples. And so for Will himself and then for Chris, I think the only way is this, this deeply spiritual way, you know, Mm -hmm. alongside the other things, but yeah. Yeah. It's deeply spiritual act of forgiveness um, because there's just some things you can't, it will never be enough. Right. Um, and then you have on top of Chris Rock all the people, right? So the widespread reach that Will Smith has and what responsibility does he have for all the people who feel let down mm. and disappointed mm-hmm. or angry at what he did. Um, and that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And with through through Jesus, there is a, it has, it, it comes to, uh, it has a stop point. It has, it is redeemed through Jesus and you walk forward uh, through this process of confession and repentance. Um, you walk forward in newness of life mm-hmm. because, and you were talking about it, Adam, before we officially started recording, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, the moments in which our culture defines you by, you can never be better than your worst moment. Right. Uh, and with the Lord, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just... I think it is this this the weight of trying to deal with the um, shame that it, I don't even know because uh, to even put myself in Will Smith's shoes and to see outside of um, a higher power and we obviously believe that that is Christ alone. 
Um, Because it is. The world will never let you forget. They will always hold it against you. And anything you offer will never be enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I think Mm -hmm. there's a part of us that likes holding people to what they did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, what you're actually going to see, my prediction is, what you're going to see is there will be people who for, you know, basically, do you agree with me in my politics? That's who I'll forgive and that's who I won't. It'll be more based on like who you are. So like, for instance, I've been seeing the rounds. Louis C.K. is coming back a little Mm -hmm. bit. He's like just released a new special. He's making the rounds on like a podcast circuit and stuff. And it's like, it seems like there is a group of people for whom that are willing to forgive him. Those are a type that probably doubt the Me Too movement in the first yeah. place, right? Or, or his like circle, the comedy people, and that, I get that. For Will, it'll be similar. It'll be like some people, and mm-hmm. it won't be based on his apology or whatever. Um, there'll be some people who are like, "I'll never forgive that guy." Mm-hmm. Now, again. I'm hearing a lot of comedians who are like that, again, because their world's kind of insular and stuff, right? So some of it's just tied to your community, but others would be tied to, like, you know, political belief and those kind of things. And you're Mm -hmm. already seeing that. So forgiveness isn't based on the Christian worldview. Right. Forgiveness seems to be, you know, cancel culture is really loud. Now you're starting, enough time in cancel culture has happened where you're starting to see some people, whether it be Will or Louis Mm -hmm. C.K. or other Me Too guys, Aziz is like producing more, not really being in the spotlight, who've been canceled. You're trying to see them start to, enough time has passed where you're trying to see them start trying to make a comeback. It's really interesting to watch what's happening. Uh, It seems like only certain communities are allowing those people to make a comeback. And we as Christians, honestly, like, first of all, it's none of our business because we're not a part of these people's lives. But more than that, I think the ability to show forgiveness and just say, hey, like, each case is different. You got to take it. But like, Mm -hmm. okay, Will Smith's apologized. Yeah. All right. Like, I can't be the arbiter of whether that goes to his heart or not, but okay, you know? And, um, you know, I think there's more calculations there maybe uh, to talk about. But the biggest one for all Christians is this man's made an apology. Who are we, right? right. Who who are we who have been forgiven of much more to hold a debt against him? So, yeah. All right. Movies, movie theaters. I think I... <laughs> We're going to make a large, hard left turn. Yeah. Um, I... I think I came back to the movie theater for the first time this year. Mm. Um, And so we'll talk about the movie I saw. But to Marcus, you Mm. saw Thor. I did see Thor. Let's talk about making coming back to the movies for a long time. Man, popcorn Mm. was like $25. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) they're making up for that year. They're they're trying to do something. Uh, I digress. But yeah, I saw saw Thor um, and... It was interesting going into it. So I'm a big Marvel fan. I almost wore my like Marvel shirt today. Mm. Um, and yeah. there, <laughs> thanks. that's a compliment. We're to a supportive me. community. Yeah. It's a compliment <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of um, pretty like on the opposite ends of the spectrum feedback of like, I thought it was awesome. It was amazing to mm-hmm. like, oh, I hate the way that Marvel is moving right mm-hmm. now. Um, and a lot. And I was like, why? And a lot of that was like, oh, it was just it was just really dark um and i was like okay so i I went into it kind of like worried like oh what's gonna go on and i mean i will say there there were certainly moments where i was like "Ooh, like that was dark that was a bit much Mm -hmm. that was dark um and for me i I mean i'm you know trained in the humanities and i'll never forget a professor um saying um part of part of the way that we do that is like you have to be able to um look at the grotesque 
Um, and there's a there's a way that there's a place in a way that that could be used to teach and instruct that makes us better. Mm. Um, and that's how you have to that's how you have to hold it up, I mm. guess. And so that was kind of how my approach with this was like, OK, how are they going to use this? Is it is it just like unnecessarily dark or is this going to or are they going to highlight something that's really beautiful? And I think the latter is true. Um because there was there were moments where I felt uh, as though they were depicting this kind of um, they were just kind of flip it with uh, the gods, quote unquote. And I was like, oh, they're trying to do this like sacrilegious thing. Mm. Um, and as the movie went on, what I realized was no part of what they demonstrated. What I what I tell people is like um, my moral I took away was like they showed that like false gods are no gods at all. Mm. Um, and when you when you submit yourself to a false god, not only do they disappoint you, but they ruin you. Like mm. the way the way the bad guy in the movie like surfaces is he he recognizes this god that he served wasn't what he thought he was, mm. um, and that in turn made him somebody mm. um, that he didn't he didn't want to be. Mm. Um, and what changed him at the end of the movie, uh, though they don't specify like right a Christian god, but what we know to be true is rather than gods who serve themselves and look mm -hmm. out for their own interest and kind of stay away that kind of like a deism type yeah, yeah. type god uh was a a picture of a god who gives up and gives of himself mm. um and you know to the lady thor like literally gives her life um for others and it was like that picture like watching that happen in front of him that he turned from basically destroying everything to actually like uh, given life and it was it was just this like it ended up after you rolled the whole roller coaster at the end it was like oh like that just culminated in mm. this really I thought beautiful way it's fascinating cool. to me how much the heart wants the Christian story yes if you pay attention to movies so often it's like mm. just Christianity written a different way whether it's Harry Potter I mean you know you can go back and talk about so many of them whether it's like Harry Potter mm -hmm. or it sounds like this movie or there's others, you know, you can list and just go and find. I mean, that would be fun one time to just go and be like, which movies are selling a Christian message? But they don't know they are. They don't even know they are, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, this, I haven't seen it, but somebody gives their life mm -hmm. to give life. Uh, is that a Christian story? A hundred percent. And then it's like mm -hmm. everyone, like everyone's like, yes, you know, our hearts want to say yes to these things mm -hmm. um it's built into us you know mm -hmm. if there's a proof for god it's just that man that longing itself is proof enough mm -hmm. yeah. yeah isn't that a c.s lewis uh thing yeah he, he was like that uh christian stories interweaved and written into literature as far as back as you can go right basically that that is like a proof that's exactly what you said like a proof for yeah the christian story we can't help but tell mm -hmm. christian stories over and over yeah. again you know it's yeah. crazy. It was nice. Yeah. Well, um, there was one I saw. Chelsea, I think you saw it too. Yeah. Did you see yep. it, Elizabeth? I did. Okay. Yeah. You're the only one who hasn't seen it yet. Tamarcus. It's that Sorry. expensive popcorn. It is, man. <laughs> but um, let's just talk about the... So we're talking about things from summer, basically, right? Mm -hmm, We've taken mm -hmm. a break. You guys haven't heard from us in a while. So big summer type movies. And one, I think the biggest of summer was Top Gun. It was like a small indie film. Yeah. I don't think anyone... Small <laughs> indie Only a handful film. of people watched yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I okay. didn't see it twice. The, the <laughs> summer feel-good blockbuster, which I think uh, was postponed. It seemed it like was. it was supposed to come yeah, out a no, long time ago, I'm right? I'm pretty sure I watched that trailer in 2020, and I was super pumped for yes, it. Yes, yes. And then 
you know, everything shuts down. And yeah. it was, I'm not going to lie. It was one of the first thoughts was like, oh man, movie theaters are closed. Like, they're not going to be Top Gun or yeah. any of those things they've been advertising. Right. But here we are. Yeah. And so I would love to just hear from you guys, uh, Elizabeth and Chelsea. What did you guys think of Top Top Gun? And I thought it was awesome. And Tom. It's almost scene for scene from the old movie, and I kind of love it for that because <laughs> there's no, there's very little surprises, I would say. Mm. Um, but it's super fun, and like it followed that formula, and there's a lot of nods to the old movie. So, I mean, not that you probably had to have seen it because I think I had some friends that hadn't seen it, yeah, but still enjoyed the new movie. Um, but it does help to to have that context, yeah. Um, but it was just fun, the like you know fighting scenes with the planes are great the action's awesome it's feels like you're in a plane it it's a good theater movie which i think it's still running in the theaters so mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it you should try and go but i loved it what did you think it wasn't complicated mm-hmm. not that it wasn't a bad plot it right. just wasn't super heavy it was funny it was entertaining that what i heard is they they tried to do a really good job of making all the flying really accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, you're going to be on the edge of your seat mm-hmm. um, because it's just, it, I don't know if it's a thriller isn't the right word, but it feels uh, like it. Yeah. 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 Um, but thrilling. I, thrilling. It's thrilling. Thing. It's yeah. thrilling. <laughs> thrilling. But I, I, what I appreciated is it wasn't, I left the theater. I was like, that was good. And mm-hmm. I went home. Mm-hmm. That was it. There yeah. was no, yeah. it wasn't heavy. It wasn't, it was, it was clean. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was. I thought back because I wanted to recommend it to some people. And I was like, you can watch this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to make this disclaimer about this and this and this because yeah. of this particular people group people, that's a thing. But mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciated that. It was simple. It wasn't heavy. It gave me a good uh, time. And yeah. And I, I think in what we, all of the things that, um, we sit in right now. I appreciated the levity mm-hmm. that that brought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was needed, and I, you know, one thing I paid attention to a little bit, not a ton, because I'm trying to pay less attention, which is hard because I I'm on a podcast called Culture Matters, but you I are. tried to pay less attention to sort of the media. So what was really interesting to watch around that was the media's talk, and you had like on the right, you had a champ, you had like this, it became a champion of like Mm -hmm. Mm anti-woke. And on the left, it was like, you shouldn't watch this movie because it's this right wing, whatever. And I just thought, man, y'all are, everyone's just such slaves to stuff that doesn't matter. Like, Mm. like for a lot of y'all, you're not going to go and have a good time. You're going to miss out on something fun because you're such a slave to like, you know, uh, messaging. Mm. And on the other side, you're going to hold up something that like really isn't achieving what you want it to, mm. <laughs> you know, as like some bastion of anti-wokeism or whatever. And it's like, hey, can sometimes, and I think that I, I believe this, you know, the Lord um, is like r- not reductionistic about our suffering. We talk about that a lot. And there's places in the Bible where you see sometimes you just need like rest mm-hmm. or you just need levity or yeah. you just need lightness of spirit. And it's like, hey... Sometimes a movie can just be a movie, and that's yeah. not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think our world's so meaning starved, and everything's become so divisive that it's like we need our movies to carry the weight of the world. And look, some movies carry deep messaging, yeah. and that's good too. You yeah. Know? Schindler's List is amazing, and yeah. it's amazing because it carries yeah. all kinds of story and humanity and symbolism and all that. And no one's going to argue that. Maverick, the Top Gun 2, is more important than mm-hmm. than Schindler's List, but it's like, it can still just be a good movie, and that's okay, you that's know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I liked yep. that about it. Yeah. Same. 
All right, somebody talk about her because we can't get through it without talking about oh, her. You know summer what I'm releases. Saying? Is that what we're <laughs> well, hinting? I was just thinking, you were just talking about just feel good. And I'm like, um, if you haven't heard Beyonce's album, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. My first thought was, I mean, quite similarly, I feel like there was this moment, especially like, you know, since like 2019, 2020, where like a lot of music, at least a lot of music that I'm listening to, like, is like there's this expectation that it's going to be responsive to the moment Mm -hmm. um and even though like a lot of people who um you know who weren't putting out music you know in 2020 of like oh like you're not like you're you're ignoring this or like we need your voice we need everybody to be talking about you know the moment um and i heard the single for this album um and my first thought was like there was there was this obvious tone where it was like she's not oblivious of the moment, but I'm not gonna let the moment like shape mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do with it what you think I'm gonna do mm-hmm. and like literally the whole album is like I just wanna dance the whole time mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like this is yeah, it's like a house. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, like a dance vibe the whole house time. Bop, that, the like songs from, blend. They blend together. Beautiful. It li- Yeah, it literally sounds like you, you could just play it from beginning to mm-hmm. end. And it was just the same, like, upbeat, like, yeah. Um, I don't know, something enjoyable mm-hmm. about that. In yeah. an artistic way, like, you don't see that very often anymore. Most people are trying to push singles and, like, EPs maybe. Yeah. And, like, they'll have an album, but really it's, like, the three singles that are radio heavy and then the other seven songs on the album you may or may not listen to and yeah i like that she was like i'm gonna make something that's complete and whole and you really can only there's no other way to listen to it other than top to bottom Mm. like i just don't think you can shuffle that album that would be a disservice to her and art but um yeah i mean it, it was it was really interesting just from that aspect for me yeah i haven't listened to a ton of it but i did know there was some controversy around lyrics yeah. so i know like she's made two corrections yeah and that was interesting too yeah. i don't know really i honestly i don't know a ton about it i think she used the word spaz in a song yeah, did. Mm-hmm. and so yeah. i think that a can be community. seen as a pejorative yep. for a certain community mm-hmm. and so like i guess she went back and changed it she i don't did. know but what, she, what do y'all she basically responded like pretty quickly and was like oh you're right and took it out and so yeah, I mean, already, I think there's only two lyric edits, and I can't remember the second one, but already the version that is out is, like, different than yeah. the change one, yeah. I think she is also Khalees. Okay. Mm. Um, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, she sampled mm, yeah, that was part it. of her song, and Khalees was like, nah. And so she took it off. Yeah. Oh, she interesting. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that was. those are the two instances mm-hmm. that I knew of. I didn't know there was another yeah. lyric piece. I think, no, I think that was it. It was the, oh, okay. yeah, it was those two things. And so, again, you had the... The Which kind I, of right, yeah. left, like, yeah. oh, she's being too woke and the other side being, like, why should she care about I this? I just thought know? she was listening to her audience yeah. and yeah. not, you know, mm-hmm. downgrading it and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, you're right. I We didn't get the proper permissions for that sample, so well, I'll just cut yeah. it. Or, yeah, I can see how that word is harmful, so I'm just going to take it out. And yeah. honestly, neither edit, like, took away from sure. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you didn't know about it and you heard, like, it, it wouldn't even... Yeah, it's minimal. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't even stand out, which to me just showed like she could have been a like, no, there. I didn't mean. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, Boop. all right. Is that like? I guess that's the question. Is like thinking about it from a Christian perspective. It's like, how do we not get caught up in the noise? 
mm-hmm. right? Because what's gonna what where we're gonna try to be pulled is somebody's yeah. gonna vie for our attention to say like, hey, this is what's important. And mm-hmm. if people are, you know, giving in to the X Y Z, the world's gonna be over, right? And that, right. usually that's a pol- there's a lot of political messaging or, yeah. or even sort of like moralistic messaging from like a you know, social media perspective, whether that's progressive left or whether that is the right, right? There's like a moralism that's captured. You have to think like me. You have to believe all the Mm -hmm. things. But like, I think one of the ways we can resist that is to not run it through the traps of like, are they acquiescing to political correctness or Mm -hmm. are they like, don't run it through those traps, but run it through the traps of the gospel. And it's like, oh, okay, uh, this offended a certain person. Yeah. It's not going to yeah. take away from like the central message of what I'm trying being. to do, et cetera. So yeah. yeah, I just changed the lyric. No big deal. And I, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to, cause there were some, I think even just from, uh, she got a song on there called uh, church girl. That mm. is, uh, also has its own kind of controversy, mm. especially in the church. Um, and I, I think there's a way to uh, listen to, I mean, the album, there's a way to watch a movie. There's a way to listen to, I think, most music where it goes back to what you talked about with the, um, uh, I guess, like the meaning, just uh, deprivation and like this need for uh, media to have this um, instructive nature, which the reality is music and like art does... um, Shape, it forms. Yeah, it shapes and it forms. And so it's not to this to discredit that but there is a um i don't listen to beyonce's album the way i listen to a sermon Mm -hmm. the way i'll listen to a podcast right the way right like um and i i think even i think some of those kinds of distinctions Mm -hmm. um are becoming blurred to where like we expect the same kind Mm -hmm. of content Mm -hmm. no matter what the medium and it it actually doesn't allow for the thing to do what it was design supposed to do and mm-hmm. we we have expectations of it that aren't consistent with it's like actually like i'm not i don't need her to do that because it'll it'll just be bad at that <laughs> yeah, and when yeah, when yeah, artists yeah. do try to do that yes. oftentimes it is like yeah i didn't need you to <laughs> didn't need to, your help with that one. yeah i didn't need you to explain <laughs> that right um and so i don't know i think there's i think there's some of that there's definitely pieces where i'm like with with anything i'm like hey i would you know uh eat the meat chew out the bones right right um, right right but yeah, I think like you said, musically, Chelsea, I was like, it was it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It's a good summer album. All right. Elizabeth, the next well, actually for Ty, we are talking about summer. What are you what what have you read recently? Well, um last night I read a story to my son called Jabari Jumps. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> we um um I'm Actually, I'm prepping for some stuff we're doing with young adults. Have been doing some reading of like, what does it look like to respond really from a Christian perspective, um, and our you know political kind of atmosphere. And um, one of those was actually an article that you sent me mm-hmm. um, that kind of uh, balanced these two different kind of schools of thought. Which I'm kind of going to toss it back to you because I feel like sure. you could sum it up for us better. But with the uh, kind of um, this guy named O'Donovan um, and uh, another guy, last name Orban, which where Orbanism comes from. But they have these two different ideas, which to me, what was most interesting was this concept of uh, soft power mm-hmm. and hard power. Right. Like yeah. there is a um, there is a way to go about um, affecting change 
uh, where you're only looking to do it through this kind of um, forceful um, uh, method versus a more like mm. um, principled, like how do we um, how do we communicate in a way that's winsome and mm. um, maybe even from, you know, a community level versus just a kind of structural level. Is that would that be like a fair distinction? Yeah, I think so. So right now, uh, if you're paying attention in some media circles, especially on the right, there's a Hungarian politician named with the last name Orban, who is yeah. really, really, uh, who's being touted as like this kind of new type of politician okay? yeah. um, on the right. And, uh, and, and so Jake Meter, who is the editor, I think, at Mere Orthodoxy, um, wrote an article. And that's a really great site, by the way. But it's, it's pretty academic. A yeah. lot of it is like pretty high in the air. But if, you're, if you want a deep read... Um, he, he writes about it. We'll put it in the show notes. And he basically kind of lays out a vision for power and where evangelicals are caught right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, look, there's these, there's a couple different ways of looking at power in politics. And he says there's the Hauerwasian way named after Hauerwas. And that's basically like that the church stands in opposition only to show a separate way of what power could look like. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not really going to deal with that because mm-hmm. that's a really... Um, that's not the most popular one. It's what's happening right now. Yeah, and it's not really what's happening right now. And so he kind of sets that one aside. And then he says, there's there's these two other schools. Um, and one of them, he actually maybe names three other schools, but the two that are that we're the talking pop, about yeah. um, is one based on a, a theologian called Oliver O'Donovan, who's an ethicist in, in Cambridge. And he says, look, um, we he, he sets them... Uh, apart from an idea of a if the compassionate conservative, so I will talk about the three schools. There yeah. is this one idea, the Reaganite kind of vision, where it's that um, that we shouldn't actually provide at all an I- a conception of the good. That the the idea mm-hmm. that we would try to have like a Christian nation. Remember, this was like yeah. super confusing. The idea of a Christian nation is off the table. We should not try to do that at all. We'll just be compassionate where we can, but it's a much more libertarian view of government. Yeah. Then there's the O'Donovan school that says, actually, we're all competing for for conceptions of the good. Everybody's talking about that. So it is part of a Christian's duty to try and make a, air quotes, Christian nation, okay? Which is, uh, at first, I'm you and I are reading that going like, wait, what? What, what are you talking yeah. about? But what he actually says is like, we actually believe that Christianity has a way of saying this is how we ought relate to one another. Yes. That mm-hmm. this is how you care for the poor. This is how you care for the sojourner amongst you. This is how you think about justice. This is how you think about poverty and this and that and the other. And so if you're going to argue that there is a good way that leads to human flourishing that aligns with Christianity and that you think politics has a role to play in that, then you are saying there is something that to this argument of politics creating a Christian nation. Yep. Okay. Bear with me. I know that was a mouthful. But he says uh, what O'Donovan, who is this um, theological giant in, in uh, at, I think he's at Cambridge, or he might be at Oxford. I'm not sure, but he's over there. Uh, what O'Donovan argues, though, is that that comes through this soft power approach. Um, actually, he, he says there's a difference between authority and power. That was really good. And he says power is based around a person and the influence of that person authority 
is there regardless of whether the person's there. And and how you get authority is actually not through pulling these, always through pulling these levers of power, but it's the slow work of cultural engagement. And so it's Christians going out and saying, hey, abortion's wrong and doesn't lead to human flourishing. And so let me argue that in the public square. Let me create these alternatives like pregnancy centers that help take care of women who are in crisis pregnancies. Let me do and show that like human flourishing actually happens. And it's through this sort of softer approach. Okay, what what both parties are now trying to do, and he, he cites Orban, but this is true of progressives too, is that they say, no, we just want power. We just want power. We don't care about authority. What we need to do, because what's on the line is our children and these crazy things that the progressives are trying to put in place or from the other side, the crazy things and limits and, you know, they want to take over your bodies and control of all this, right? So that's what progressives are saying. So it's like, we don't want to do the slow work. We're only going to care about power. We're going to use the coercive power of government to force these things through. Yeah, And and that was, I don't know, that that was was, a lot. But what I was one of the things was it's like the hard power. There is a, um, it justifies the coercion, right? That Mm -hmm. it's like, um, it says we have this really, you know, Christian vision of what it looks like. And if if that means that we actually have to, like, lie about what we're actually about so that we can get in and enact the change, then it's like that's that's viable. Because that's, justify the means. Yeah, that's what everyone else is doing anyway. We're just we're just playing the game mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. versus the soft power. That's like, no, we have this not only this Christian end, but we also have a Christian means by which we're trying to achieve right. that end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to to his point was like that that way is is slower. Mm-hmm. Um, it is more um, um, subsidiary, right? It's taking place in in communities and nonprofits and in homes and yeah, uh, you know, one on one conversations, right? Whereas that hard power, you're just going straight for like no, make it law and just demand and force and. What was so important about the article to me, and then we can wrap up because I know this is this this was a hard turn and a really we, we got into the sky. But what was important, and tell me if this is right for you, I actually think it explained our moment mm-hmm. in culture. Uh, yeah. Because if you think about what's happened recently, mm-hmm. think about how we can't actually pass laws or debate yeah, in houses in the house the or in the Senate. You can't yeah. you can't pass a law. Either somebody's gonna filibuster or whatever. No one works together mm-hmm. to build the framework or the undergirding authority of a position to say this is what we need to do. And so what has the last few presidencies looked like? It's like vote your guy in. Mm-hmm. make sure they get a Supreme Court seat and then executive order, executive, executive order. order, executive order. Yeah. And so then the next guy comes in and does undoes all the executive orders and it's executive new, new, new. And so you don't have that, you haven't done the hard work of bringing people along yes. with you, of convincing and mm-hmm. the other side, et cetera. So you'll only have the flip-flop of whoever mm-hmm. holds power, power in that moment. And I think it's a real dangerous game and adds that a divisiveness in the zero-sum game you're seeing in politics because since both sides have said there is no value in the slow work anymore. Yes. And since there's no value in the slow work, only power matters. And mm. when that is true, you have to demonize the other side to get into the place yeah. to then just get use the course of power to do whatever you need to do. And I, I'm actually pretty cynical because I think it, you're holding up guys like Orban. Read the article if you want to know more. You're holding up on the left this really moralistic language of the mm. other side's mm-hmm. evil. 
Uh, and I think we're worse off for it. Well, and, and mm. that's what I was going to say. If I could offer one more thought where it hit the ground for me was if I'm thinking about the church's place and our voice um, and how we engage with one another, um, if, right, if Orban is true, like if that's the way we go, then a lot of things that my Bible would tell me are are powerful in enacting change in the lives of those around me and in myself aren't actually helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't fit in that, that scope like that. It, there's, you know, sit, sitting down with my brother or, you know, in breaking bread or trying to, um, you know, go through like, it's like, Oh, that's not like, he's saying like, that's not gonna, that's not going to help. That's not going to work. That's too slow prayer. Like that's, Mm-hmm. That's Waiting not on the Lord. Patient. That's not power. Yeah, patient. Like all of those kinds of principles that gird. But it's like, but rather, if if there is this soft power and there is real power, like it's, you know, even in it being called soft power, like that there's something real and um, and actionable about it. Then there, all of a sudden, is a way that uh, the the Christian um, disciplines and the Christian uh, principles that we're called to shape our lives around actually do. Um, actually are effective and we should be expected of God to move in us doing that. And I think, I think that's really important. Yeah. Mm. That's good. For people who want to read, mm-hmm. which y'all read. <laughs> yeah. We'll link to that. We'll link it to you yeah. Yeah. in the show notes. All right. We are going to close out our conversation by talking about some news around student loans. Mm. Feels related to what we were just sure coming out of. Yeah. 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 What's so, the news? I haven't paid attention. <laughs> See, it's a problem. Culture matter, though. <laughs> well, it depends. If you're on Twitter, then you have a certain perspective. It's also true. So, uh, if you have not heard, uh, President Biden uh, passed piece of legislation which offers loan forgiveness for those who have student loans, and so I think it's like between ten to twenty thousand dollars, but based upon a couple of different factors, but. If you fall into the category, you're going to get at the least $10,000 of forgiveness. And this has caused a bit of kind of controversy um, in that some people are really happy about the opportunity and some people are not. Um, And so what have you guys heard about people's responses to student loans? What have you seen on your timelines? I mean, some of my friends, $10,000 was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like it was really helpful. Um, I can understand if you're a hundred thousand dollars in debt, that that's like a drop in the bucket. Thanks a lot. But, um, I know a lot of people that that mattered. I already paid my loans, so it didn't (laughs) affect me. Um, Too bad. So sad for being responsible, (laughs) Chelsea. I know, right? Uh, I should have waited. Uh, I should have known eventually they would do that. But, uh, but on the flip side of that is I've heard some people make the argument of, well, now you're just paying for that. I mean, you're paying for other people's loans with your tax money. And I'm like, yeah, that that's what tax money does. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm already paying for a lot of things with my tax money. Um, so if it relieved some people, I feel like, okay. You yeah. Know? That's, that, that was my two cents. <laughs> it's hard because it's in the middle of, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you, Chelsea. And I think it's hard because it's in the middle of these larger conversations of the economy yeah, right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, inflation's really bad. 
And yep. uh, it's complex. And the reasons why we're in inflation are complex. Mm-hmm. And I could bore everyone to tears with what I know, which would be very incomplete. So I won't do it. But <laughs> one of the criticisms is that this is going to add to inflationary pressure. Right. Um, you're basically creating even more deficit. You're creating, you're putting more money into the hands of people who are then going to want to spend on things that there's not enough of. Right. So there's this problem of demand and then flooding with flooding the market with um, money. So there's this inflation problem happening. But alongside that, the other criticism I've heard is just that um, you're giving money to people who don't need it. So there's, I th- I don't know the exact amount. Maybe y'all could help me, but I think it's 250000 and under who get loan forgiveness. Mm. And so there's a lot of people who are going to basically get $10,000. That's what mm-hmm. you're handing them. They're, who are going to get $10,000 who don't necessarily need it. They're paying off their loans. They're paying them off on time. That's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, you loan money to people because you expect that they're going to pay it back. When you mm-hmm. forgive that money, it's like, well, who's going to want to loan that? Who's going to want to make those loans anymore? I, I, I also think part of that forgiveness is it's not just forgiveness. Somebody's somebody's going to pay for that. Oh, yeah. Right. Somebody's yeah. paying for that. Um, but the point being that, uh, well, the point being that all these people then are going to get money who don't need it, which then is going to cause these inflationary pressures. Also, the people who really need it, who have like $100,000 in debt and, yeah. you know, don't make but fifty to $70,000 a year, 10 grand is really not that helpful. So why wouldn't we be a little more careful and precise in yeah, handing the money out? Like you could have, you could have done this lower in a income way. bracket, right? Right, exactly. Or a higher amount on the loan, exactly. Yeah. And so I think there's, in it does not seem from the outside to be very popular on either side. That's what I would say. It seems like both on the left and the right. On the right, it's wow, you're going to add to inflation. On the left, it's like what this is nothing. What are you doing? Or it's imprecise or whatever. And so it actually feels like a pretty bad, from the media perspective, a pretty bad piece of legislation. There's a larger question where we step in, which is how are we supposed to think about this as Christians? And that's really hard. And I think sometimes we don't really have the answer to that. Sometimes there's just policy things happening um, that it's hard to principalize, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's a policy mm-hmm, thing, yeah. you know? You know, it's, because student loans are one thing, um, right. but it presents the question of why is education so expensive? Mm. Yeah, there's um, that too. And I was talking with a friend recently about the student loan um, situation and how college, their enrollment in, in colleges is going down. Right. Mm-hmm. I think in part because people believe that a college education, this is not my thoughts, I'm just expressing what I've talked to people <laughs> right. about. Um, no, these I love, are, I we're going to hold degrees. you to this, Elizabeth. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I love the many degrees I own. <laughs> I love the many degrees I own. Thank you. Um, but that a college degree is not needed to access um, the job market like it was. I think our generation, that was, uh, um, or at least my generation, I will speak for that, mm-hmm. that that was what we were told that your way of upward mobility is to get this college degree. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it, you won't mm-hmm. find access. And I still believe that that has elements of truth, but less people are believing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that for people who want to have this upward mobility, people who really need it, that why is education 
expensive when it yeah. hasn't always been. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a time in our country's history where education was subsidized mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. much more than it is now and seen as an investment in um, the population that mm-hmm. they would then reap the benefit of um, after graduation and kind of as that person is injecting their money into the economy, all that stuff. But it just is, as a Christian, you know, how do we, when we think about issues like this that are really volatile, and what is kind of this issue of flourishing that maybe we ought to give our attention to? Hmm. Um, And then what that comes to mind for me is accessibility of education for everyone Mm. and the cost of that. And that certain people are not withheld from engaging in certain professions because they cannot afford the education that's connected with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there's not a way to break it down. And I know that now it's truly speculation, but I'll do it. It's like, hey, I wonder if we as churches couldn't play a more active role with Mm -hmm. our young people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've done it with seminary. I know a lot of churches will help uh, students who want to go to seminary or denominations will as well. But I wonder if we we don't think, you know, here's what's true is... Some companies will too. Some companies will. But I I think as churches, what we have to say is, do do we value this? And for a long time in evangelicalism, at least, um, there has been an anti-intellectual strain. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing... Uh, growth in education, uh, growth of our minds as a means to worship the Lord more. As my mind has expanded, meaning as I've learned more about things, what that has not caused is a diminishment of worship, but it actually has Mm. increased the worship. And so I I just wonder if there isn't a new way of thinking about education for our next generation um, that churches can't be more helpful with, whether that's Christian institutions or thinking on broader scales about what that might mean, even for undergrads, not just seminary, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's Christian institutions we can partner with or help people uh, get into those, et cetera, Mm -hmm. help our next generation. Um, There there could be thoughts about that that I think would be really beneficial. So, yeah. interesting. I have... No thoughts about it except for <laughs> you're an educator, own. dude. Well, here's 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 what I mean. It's like it is. This is solely like my if I can think of myself and my wife. It's like I heard the news and I was ecstatic. Yeah, no, um, yeah. there is. If it had been five years ago, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it's like even if I think about our combined income, but just like our whole family. Sh- structure yeah mm-hmm. is it's like twenty thousand dollars ten thousand dollars five thousand dollars that is a lot and mm-hmm. that makes a big difference mm-hmm. when you are um when there isn't a safety net of like mm-hmm. oh if we don't make it then we can you know lean <laughs> on back, this person yeah. uh it is you know it's a different dynamic when it's like um if we don't make it we don't make it and neither do they make it or they make it because you kind of play like a safety net Mm-hmm. for the for your family right um and i think there's you know i think there's a number of people in, even in my circle where it's like there is a there's a way that you can you know if you just look at kind of the the numbers on paper or whatever mm-hmm. the you know the kind of graph is like oh this isn't a need but it's like man this actually like i say speaking for myself and those i know it's like this opens up a this takes off a burden mm. that allows um one that allows us to keep going. Cause I remember even when I was reading some of it, it was like, I think part of it was incentivizing like, Hey, if you were in school and you were doing what you were supposed to do, like you received a Pell grant, like you were, which means there was some sort of like academic right. things mm-hmm. you were doing mm-hmm. and you've been trying to like pay it off. Like this is meant to be like a, 
little extra help because I remember reading an article a little while ago of how difficult like even like the in the housing market like how few um college graduates and young people were buying homes but it was like there was such an immense Mm -hmm. student loan debt and not enough pay that it was like we can't even afford to get uh you know starter home Right. Right, right right and so it's like I think trying to alleviate that to get people into the you know, to be able to take the next step a little bit sooner. And it's yeah. like, obviously, it's not going to. I think the tension we feel is it doesn't fix every need that it was meant to. But um, $20,000 of forgiveness in a Raglan household is, <laughs> nice. you know, we might have did a little praise dance. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We lift our hands <laughs> in the sanctuary. <laughs> Hey, y'all, we hope that you enjoyed our banter about summer movies and music and articles that we are reading to think about how we engage in our culture. And we hope that you learn from our discussion and learn how to piece through the things that are presented in our culture and find redemptive aspects, are reminded of the gospel, and challenged to show up in a way that loves others and loves God. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode was produced by Chris Starrett, Chelsea Conway, and Mandy Page. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social, check the show notes for more information on how best to connect with us, as well as to connect with the folks we mentioned in our episode and ways to support their work. See y'all next time.